Hello, this is Jeff Al Gilbert. I was going to talk about how to make things better and what, what am I talking about. But I was talking about how to make things better. It's so easy, and I, and I know I've done this uh, many years ago until I saw what I was doing and then I stopped doing it. But I typically, at the end of the month when it was over, I'd look back at it, I'd look at the performance, <clears throat> I'd look at the growth, I look at the volume increase, and then I would say to myself, yeah, it was a good month, but it could have been better. And then the following month, hey, Omar, nice to see you. And then on the following month, it was the same thing. Yeah, it was a good month, had growth, we had increase, but it could have been better. And finally, I noticed what I was doing and always saying it could have been better what was the problem with that? And the problem with that is I wasn't valuing what did happen. I didn't have gratitude for what did occur. What was going on with the leaders? The fact that people were still in the game. The fact that people were still committed. Um, hey, Daniel, nice to see you. So I decided to stop doing that and find value in what they did, feel good about it. Instead of feeling bad about it, disempowered, disempowered by it, I start, started feeling very empowered by it. Wow, look what happened. Look how things are going. Hey, David, nice to see you. And, and so every month then I would look at my report and I'd say, you know what, what a great month this is. Look at so-and-so, how, how he or she has grown. They ranked up or they maintained their rank. They had growth. They're doing well. I started looking at it differently. Instead of just looking at it and say, well, it could have been better. I would look at it and say, man, this is great. I'm so glad they're still in the game. I'm still glad they're, they're committed. Here's the thing that I learned. We can't get more unless we value what we already have. Whatever, whatever God has put in our way, whatever blessings we have, if we don't have gratitude for that, why would he give us more? Because we don't appreciate what we have. I really believe that for things to get better, the old saying, for things to get better, we have to get better, is really true. It's really true. And in this case, it is true that if we have gratitude for our leaders, the fact that they're still in the game, the fact that they still want this, that's a blessing. And we should have gratitude for that. Feel good about that. You know, it's, I'll give you another crazy example. You know, um, like I, look, I, I invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? And I did that uh, six months ago and, and it just went shh. You know, you know what Bitcoin's doing right now. And about five days ago, you know, I was, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cash out on some of that because it's, you know, they're predicting the dip and all that. And I, you know, I, I follow these gurus and all that. And I thought, okay, I could hang in a little bit longer and see what it does, but <clears throat> I'll go ahead and cash out on some of it, you know, and that's what I did. And, and of course, then now you see what it's doing. It's at 57,000, right? 
And I'm kicking myself thinking, oh my gosh, Jeff, if you'd have just waited a couple more days, that would have been an extra $100,000. Mm, yeah, you know. And then my wife said to me, where is your gratitude? Look how you look how well you did. And then, you know, you, I said, you're right. You're totally right. And that's where my focus needs to be. You know, it really goes into all areas of life, not just not just your network marketing business that you should, you know, have gratitude for the leaders that you have, the people that you have, but also in decisions that you make, whether it's in finance or it's in your family life with your kids. We could always say regarding our kids, things could be better if, you know, I know that way. I, know, I feel that way about my, uh, my son. You know, sometimes I can always, I can always be critical with them, tell them what they're doing wrong. You know, that, hey, don't, you know, when I was a kid, this is what I did. This is what my father did with me, okay? I could give these lectures, but I don't do that with my kids. I really don't. I, I, sure, I get irritated at times. There's things I wish they would do, but I really have gratitude about the fact that we're together. We love one another. I give guidance, and yes, I'll get them away from their electronic devices and try to experience the world of like playing ball, <laughs> you know, like what we did, you know, everything was offline fun that we did. But instead of just being critical with them, I'm just like, Hey, come on, come on, just do this with me. Come on, just appease me, make me happy. Okay. Uh, I just want to do this with you. Uh, let's go for a hike. Daddy, uh, we've already seen the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I said, you know what? It's a different day. It's a different day. We haven't seen it today. You know, there's no time. We might run into some wildlife and just some cool stuff. It doesn't matter. We're together. We're talking. It's good. It's good to be together and experience one another. But I find that with, you know, for those of you that are joining me now, I began this with the importance of finding gratitude in our team, in our business. Of course, it translates in these other areas of life I just talked about that I can remember many years ago, I used to look at a report at the end of the month when it was over and say, well, it could have been better. And that was always my attitude every month. Could have been better because I'm a driver. I'm a pusher. I really am. And it's like, it's never good enough. But the problem with it's never good enough, you're never gonna be happy. You're never gonna value what you got. And when I realized I was doing that, I said, you know what, I need to have gratitude. How can God give me more if I, if I can't value what he's already given me? Why would he give me more? Why should he? He shouldn't. And also we need to be an example to our leaders that way. Because I don't want my leaders doing that. I don't want them looking and thinking, you know, looking at the report and thinking, well, it could have been better. Imagine them telling their leaders, you should have done more. It could have been better. You could have been better. Boy, I mean, that's not very empowering. That's not encouraging. That's not building our leaders up. So that that's the thing that, that uh, I, I learned and, and I'm like, okay, so I look for the good. I look for the good in what's going on with people. Even if it's even if it's a small matter, if they just sponsored one person in the month, 
hey, great. I, I have no idea how many people you prospected to do that. I have no idea, but I'm sure it was a lot. I'm sure you went through a lot. I appreciate you. I really do appreciate your effort. If we have an attitude like that with our leaders, what kind of culture would that create and how productive would they be? I think pretty productive. So anyway, those were my thoughts that I wanted to share. And, uh, you know, and I, and, and again, I, I didn't go live last night because I had to prepare a zoom. We had a very valuable leader die and this happens as I mentioned it earlier. Some of you just joined, I'll say it again, that when you've been in a company long enough, I mean, some people, they're only in their company a few years, right? One year, two years, three years. Okay. You don't see a lot in that period of time, right? But when you've been in, when you have a team that's 22 years old, you see a lot and you experience things that most people would never experience in their team. Uh, you deal with issues. A lot of times uh, I just handle problems because I have different people that reach out to me. Uh, or in this case, a leader dies, a very valuable leader dies. It's a reality. It happens. It's, it's terrible. But then, you know, it's like, okay, then they want to have, we had a uh, Zoom call with, uh, in one country, um, in Asia, uh, the, uh, one of the, a very valuable leader died. So 26 of the top leaders in that country wanted to get together on a Zoom call with the general manager. And so I was there, you know, began at midnight. We finished at 1.30 in the morning, you know, and then I got up early this morning to do another Zoom call, right? <laughs> so, but, but last night, I, it, it was all about perspective, you know, all, you know, see it as it is and don't make it more than that. An incredible man, incredible leader, wonderful leader. He did a lot for his people, okay? <clears throat> And if you're in a health and wellness company, then it's, it, you never need to question your product. I don't care what health and wellness company you are in, assuming you're in one. <clears throat> but um, the fact of the matter is, your products should, the intention should be to give longevity and quality of life. That's it. At the end of the day, we're never going to find perfection in a capsule perfection in a drink that you're going to consume and live forever. I'm sorry that that part's going to have to come from God. Okay. We can't put that in a capsule. So <clears throat> I, I see that some leaders when they're in a, when they're in a wellness company and, and a valuable leader dies, they're worried about what people will think about their products. Forget that. How many thousands of people have been impacted very positively by your product? You can't negate that. You can't erase that. We can't say it didn't happen. It did happen. And if one person dies, then that means that cancels all those incredible stories and experiences. Of course not. Opportunists and people that want to exploit that will, and they do it for profit and greed. That's it. I never give those people any space, nor will I acknowledge them. And neither should you. So, <clears throat> Um, and, and so again, that's, so I, you know, I think, uh, last night was more of a grieving, you know, period of just going through it. And, 
such a beautiful general manager in that country. Oh my gosh, I mean, she just cried and cried and cried, you know. You know, and that, so I'm just from 12 to 1.30, that's it, just talking. And that's what we do as leaders. Again, it's valuing what we have. And I promise you, great, greatness will come from something like that. It will come from something like that. Because people become closer, more bonded, more committed to one another than ever. So, um, you know, so I apologize. That's why I did not do a, a live call last night. And, and uh, if you had a question on anything, it doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to be shy. I can, I, I, you know, George, you can screenshot it or I can read it. Um, thank you, David, from State of Maine. I'm glad to know you didn't freeze to death up there. Ciro, nice to see you. <clears throat> I know Ciro has had an incredible, you know, he has had major, major health pro um, challenges uh, that few people would have ever survived and he survived it well. So, um, hey, Brittany, nice to see you. Uh, he has a great story. And so um, many of you do, many of you do. Um, but if you have a question and you wanna ask it, I'm gonna get on, you know, it's, today is just one of those days. I've got a very good friend that uh, she, you know, um, knew her from high school. Um, she had a, just, she impacted my life in such a positive way. I mean, major way. I don't mind sharing the story because that's what we do here, right? But I was a long-haired, hippie drummer, stoned most of the time in my senior year of high school, okay? So, um, true story. And, uh, and I used to read philosophy books. I'd read Confucius, Buddha, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, uh, Aristotle, Socrates. I was just one of those very curious people about the meaning of life, right? I mean, I go off in the woods, take a book with me and a bag of dope, stay back there most of the day. <laughs> and then other than that, then I'm drumming with bands at night. And that was my life, right? And so it's, this is my high school year. And so, um, I remember this one girl, she stood out as so different to me. I, I, I didn't understand why. I said, she's so different, but why is she different? She's different because she reads the same books I read. <laughs> of course. And so one day I approached her in class and I had a book with me. And I said, I have a book. Her name was Wendy. I said, Wendy, I have a book that can change your life. And she looked at me with conviction, certainty. And she said, you don't have a book that can change my life, but I have a book that can change your life. And I said, really? What is this book? She said, I'll bring it tomorrow. And that was the beginning of our discussions. Of course, hers was more focused on the Bible. And, uh, and I would, in my high school class, or in, in high school, in high school, I would be the least likely person ever to change or to ever have any hope, hope for change. And, uh, <clears throat> but she had a way of just touching me in such a way 
that I appreciated that. But that was the major turning point in my life. I eventually got off drugs. I said, you know, yeah, I, yeah. for things to change, I've got to change. Things to get better, i got to get better, right? I've got to stop this. But it was a turning point. Well, she died uh, uh, just a few days back. And so today's her memorial, and they've asked me to give a message, and I'm going to do that, and that's going to be in in um, one hour from now. So anyway, so last night I'm comforting leaders in Asia about the death of a leader, and then today one someone who's very special uh, who touched my life back in the year 1975 that I'll be doing that. So, but again, I want to go back to, for things to get better, what do we have to do? Have gratitude for what we have. Have gratitude for our team and find things in there that we should be grateful for. Have gratitude for the, you know, the, uh, your family life, your family members. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to take them for granted until you lose them. And then, oh, how valuable they were to you. We need to feel that value while they're alive and uh, do everything we can to help those that can be helped and be of service to those who need it. That's really what network marketing is all about. When we think about it, being a servant leader, helping others, making an impact. Um, I just recently knew a, another woman that um, she had COVID and um, it had been hanging on her for a good while. I was very surprised. I, it seems like there's different strains of it. She seemed to have the worst and she's in her 40s and I had a chance, uh, well, so one day I just, I didn't know her that well. And she lived about an hour and a half from me. And so I just messaged her. I said, uh, how you doing? I just check in, you know, and how you doing? And uh, not so good, still dragging. Don't have my sense of taste and smell back. I'm saying, really? It's been a long time, okay. I said, I'm gonna drop something off to you. Just message me your address. Well, that's what she did. She was so blown away. You know, I drove, drove an hour and a half um, and delivered and just delivered those products right to her. That's what we are. And we were never beneath and should never be beneath doing things or acts of kindness to others and think we've reached a status in life by virtue of our income or lifestyle to think that that's not important. I really believe when you forget where you've come from, you're on your way back, you know, and I don't want to go back. I know what that was like. And George just sent me something, and this might be a question. And if you have a question, I'll do my best to um, try to answer it. <clears throat> so Daisy asked this question. And by the way, if you have a question, you can uh, message me and uh, George will screenshot it and send it to me. Jeff, uh, how have you found your purpose in life and what made you leave your past behind? How did you realize that you could do better? Well, <laughs> I mean, in, okay, so you're going back to that story uh, when I was a senior in 1975 <clears throat> and long-haired hippie drummer into drugs. I mean, I'm 
They used to joke about me and say, if I died, they'd just cut me up and sell me for LSD. Because <laughs> that's what I did back then. LSD, cocaine, of course, you know, smoking pot all the time. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, and music was my life. That was the only thing I want to do. And you see my drums back there? <laughs> that set is, uh, let me see, that set's about 34 years old. It's not my first set by any means, but I mean, I was I was drumming back in 75. So, um, so that was my life. Music was my life. And that's all, really all I wanted to do was, uh, just, just do that, just play. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, yeah, sure. I always felt a need to, um, understand what the purpose of life is. What does God want us to do? Why did he create us? Why are there problems in this world? Why does he permit it? Is, does he care? Does he, is he going to do something about it? Those were questions I always pondered because I was very disturbed because I thought, you know, because if I was him, I wouldn't tolerate this stuff. I, I would act. I would, well, right. And I'm certainly not better than he is, right? Of course not. So then there, there has to be a reason for it. So it was with these kind of questions that I finally got answers to. And then once I understood that, then the fact that, you know, his love really stood out to me in such a powerful way. And, and then at the same time, I realized that I was wrecking my life. I knew I wouldn't live very long if I stayed on the path I was on and continued, you know, doing drugs the way I was doing them. And, and, and so finally I realized, you know, I'm really not showing gratitude for the life I have. That life is so short. And what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? What kind of impact do you want to have on others? And how can you do that if you continue doing what you're doing? And I would have these you know, talks with myself about that. And, and then finally one day it just clicked and I was a cigarette smoker too. And I said, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And that was it. I left drugs. I left tobacco, cold Turkey. It's not an easy thing to do. And, uh, and had to cut off basically <clears throat> my friends, right? Because all my friends did what? They did drugs, right? That's the one thing we all had in common, right? Hey, you got a bag? Oh, man, I don't have a bag. Oh, okay. I got a bag. Come on over to my house. <laughs> so, and so I had to let all my druggy friends know I'm done, guys. So listen, I want to see you. But if you come over my place, don't bring anything. And don't think I'm going to have anything for you. Because I'm not. I'm done. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure, Jeff. Sure, yeah. yeah. You're the guy that everybody in high school said, if you die, we'll just cut you up and sell you for LSD, right? Right. You're done. Right, sure. I said, no, I'm serious, man. I'm really serious. And, uh, and I'll tell you, that year, I call that the year of demons. <laughs> because I had internal, you know, my chemistry, everything, everything 
was, was messed up. And I knew that, you know, I spent a lot of time on my knees in prayer. I did. And there's no question about that, that God was right at my side through that journey. It was incredible. I remember though, I started having these experiences. I remember I walked in, a, I was actually working. Uh, this was before I was in network marketing, but I, I was working in a, a store with a friend and all of a sudden I noticed everything started looking like a drug experience. And I actually sat down on the floor and I went, wow, wow. And I thought, I didn't take anything. Why am I having this experience? I didn't take anything. And I and, and the guy I work for, he says, why are you sitting in the middle of the floor? This is a department store, right? And I said, I am so spaced out. And so every day was that way. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I thought I had a brain tumor. I thought, okay, I'm dying. So this is the way it's going to be. So I got my life right. I got everything together. But, and this is the way it's going to end. Well, it's going to end on the right note. And then, fight, you know, and I called my doctor. And I, I said, listen, I'm having these symptoms. Let me explain it to you. And then I remember, and he was my family doctor. Uh, for many years. And he said, well, if you're having emotional problems, I can't help you. Really encouraging, really encouraging. Okay. So, so what happened one day, I went to a different doctor and I don't know how I found this guy. I really believe God put him in my path. So I went in one day and I, so I sat in the room, this nurse came in and she said, Okay, so why are you here? That's what they always ask you, right? And when I told her, I said, well, I have, you know, these experiences and these symptoms. And she just looks at me like I'm crazy, right? And she said, I'll go get the doctor. <laughs> so here comes the doctor. He's a bald-headed guy, right? And he comes in the, in the room and, and he said, uh, okay, uh, you're Jeff? And I said, yes, sir. He said, come on with me, Jeff. So we go back in his office and he says, sit down. And he, and he gets behind his desk. He said, I have one question for you. Have you ever done LSD? I said, yes. More than once? I said, yep, quite a bit. Jeff, that's what your problem is. You're having flashbacks. I said, flashbacks? He said, yeah, flashbacks. It's, it's like a, a chemical stain on your brain and you're going back through these experiences again. And I said, really, that's why I feel stoned. Like I took LSD, like I'm so spaced out. He said, that's right. I said, how long will this continue? He said, you never know. It could end tomorrow. It could go on for a year or years. Well, when I left there, it was amazing because now I finally had the answer. Because I felt so bad the whole time. I kept praying to God. I, I haven't taken anything. I promise you. I promise you. It was like I'm, I'm stoned. I'm spaced out. It's, it's, but it isn't. I didn't do anything. You know. And now I understood. And it was shortly after that. It went away. It went away. And it never came back. But it was, in a, it was, a, it was a weird. Because other drugs you know, don't do that. But that one does. 
And uh, but so going back to Daisy's question, and if you have a question regarding network marketing or anything, uh, or business or just anything in general, you can post it, and uh, George will screenshot it, send it to me. But you know, going back to Daisy's question about purpose in life, uh, you know, I, that's that's why I said that when I went cold turkey, quit tobacco and drugs and everything back then, that that year was a year of fighting demons was really true. You know, it was a, I'll never forget that year. What an incredible year. And then after that, it was just, uh, you know, just finding, um, trying to find my niche in life. I did go to a university um, briefly for about six months, just long enough to know uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I can remember going into, um, what was it? Cal uh, I, I don't know whether it was algebra or calculus. I can't remember class. And the and, and the uh, teacher walked in. He was a geek, you know. He had a bow tie, and he just went right into this thing, writing formulas on the on the uh, board. And I looked at that, and I said, "I'm never coming here again." <laughs> How do I use this? What do I do with this? Nothing made sense. And nothing made sense. Uh, it just, uh, the whole thing didn't make sense. What do I do with this education? I'm not against education, but most of it is just a waste of time. Some of it is very valuable. But at that time, what we were, what we were being taught, like we were never, we were never taught in high school when we taught, when we, when we learned economics, when we went to the economics class, does anybody remember this? That were you ever taught about how to invest? How, you know, did the teacher who taught, who taught the class, was he an investor? Most of them were not. They were people who just talked. They talked about it. It's like, okay, but tell me, how do I use it? What do I do with it? That part never made sense. So then finally, when I saw network marketing, <clears throat> and it was just that thing that, you know, you can only trade money for so long. And then time and aging will catch up with you. And then you can't trade it anymore. What are you gonna do? That's right, residual income made sense to me. And I thought, wow, if I can find a way to create enough members in my team who can share the products and grow that thing, then I can live off residual income the rest of my life. That made sense. And then we're going back to Daisy's question on purpose. See, most people will, they'll just, they'll just, they, you know, they get caught up in life just making a living, most people. They don't have time to even discover what their purpose is or what they really wanna do. They have great potential in a lot of areas that will never be exploited. They'll never, they'll never capture that and do something with it because they're too busy being caught up, making a living, and then when they get home, well then there's work to do at home, then they're tired, and that's it. And then they begin the process over and over again until they finally get old and die. The great thing about network marketing is that it allows you that freedom to be able to explore these areas that you've always wanted to explore 
in your life. Maybe you're that painter. Maybe you're that sculptor. Maybe you're that writer. I'm talking about books or poems or music. In my case, I'd never have the time for music because I'm too busy to write songs and go in the studio. So when network marketing frees us and we have that time to do those things, it's incredible what you discover. I, I Things I discovered about myself and, and uh, that, you know, when I had that space to be able to be with myself and then I could start hearing songs in my head. When I travel the world, many times, even in the airport, sometimes I'm just walking through the airport and I'm, and I'm hearing the song. I'm just hearing it and then I'll duck around a corner really quick. I'll get out my phone and I'll start singing the bars. I'll start talking to the words and people are walking by. What is wrong with him? He's weird. <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> anyway, but that happened a lot, actually. Um, matter of fact, I had a friend that reached out to me uh, from uh, Vegas the other day and he said, hey, you writing anything? I said, not really. I'm not traveling right now. I write best when I'm away, when I'm in airports, when I'm in different countries, when I'm staying in different places, then I start hearing things and then I write. So anyway, but it's fun. It really is fun. So um, I guess this is not a day for questions and that's okay. Uh, mostly what I want to share is the importance of finding gratitude uh, in your teams, in your leaders, Continue to do that and appreciate being able to jump on this call with you today. Saturday, it's beautiful blue sky. I definitely have gratitude for that. It's been overcast for a week, you know, snow and uh, anyway, so I'm grateful for the sunshine. Um, thank you, Eden. And all of you, love all of you guys. Have a safe weekend, okay? And uh, let me always hear good news about what you're doing, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. All of you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.